1: go turn away and slam the door i don't
2: care what they're gonna say
1: (laughs) let the storm range on the cold never bothered me anyway
2: let it go
3: let it go can't hold it back anymore let it go
0: welcome in to dmvr buffs post game presented by green mountain dental group uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and we're about to talk about uh, two basketball games, really, because we didn't do a post game last time, and uh, that's going to be kind of the plan going forward: is to get to about half of these, um, and we'll kind of solidify those plans going forward. But like I said, I'm Henry Chisholm. As always, we have uh, Ben Girding, the DMVR buffs intern. We've got Ryan Koenigsberg, and uh, a special guest today: uh, superstar Dev. Dev Johnson, who is newly joining the DNVR crew,, uh, he's got some thoughts on the bus. Uh, and let's start with you with our biggest takeaways, Dev. What do you see?
1: The biggest takeaway in both of the games uh, actually is just the size difference. They're going against teams that are just not as big as them, um, them being a a, a high major, mid major um, d one school going against these smaller schools that are trying to find their way and try to recruit these type of players that could come to a school like this. The size ends up being a difference and why colorado is winning these games by so many points
3: yeah i think that's that's the takeaway the other big takeaway is that uh video we started with that was um <laughs> terrible worst thing uh worst cu related thing to happen all year
0: have you seen the oh all year i think i think they were still releasing some compliance videos early in the uh, year
3: oh, uh <laughs> those are pretty shot. good those, too yeah those are good uh, but yeah i mean you just like to see the buffs flex their muscles a little bit yeah um there it, there was a time where it, it felt like the Buffs never did this to teams. And, you know, I was talking to Dev earlier about a game. I don't even remember what year it was. Probably 2014, 2015. Uh, maybe even a little earlier than that. But, like, Omar Strong came with, like, Texas Southern or something like that. Texas State put 40 on them. And, like, it almost went to overtime. Maybe it did go to overtime. It was, like, like little things like this would happen where they would let down. And I think it's a testament to the leadership of McKinley Wright. Evan Batty, even Dallas Walton, uh, and, of course, Tad Boyle and his staff, that they've kind of got that out of their system. Like, two games this week against two teams that are much worse than them, and they beat them both by 40. Uh, and that, that makes, that you know, after a humbling loss against Tennessee, that makes you feel just a little bit better. Okay, you know, that, that didn't knock them off track. It didn't, you know, it wasn't an ego shot for them. Like all, They took that, they went back into the lab, uh, and they used it as motivation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I
2: I think this team, we talked about it a lot, really lacked kind of some offensive identity, and it was really on display against Tennessee, a team where, you know, you're not going to go into Tennessee and beat the Volunteers, but they still just look lost at times. In those first opening two games, they were able to just rely on their size and their skill and the fact that they are just a better team and come away with wins. This week, yeah. Both of these teams are inferior opponents, but it looked like they played cleaner. They they played a better brand of basketball. You know, against Northern Colorado in particular, their off-ball movements, their off-ball screens, really was helping to set up their shooters, set up McKinley Wright in the mid-range. Uh, you know, all in all, I think this was just a great time for them to just kind of get back checked in. This is our identity. We can work the ball inside to out. And, you know, if they can put up 40 points on these type of opponents, that's expected. But it's still great as just to get warmed up, get you to be firing on all cylinders
0: before conference play is, you know, just two short weeks away. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that probably is like, the number one thing that we saw on our TV this week when watching the Buffs is that they just were better at basketball than the guys they're going up against. Like, they're bigger, they're stronger, and, and what should have happened is what happened, and that it hasn't always been the case. You know, like you were saying, um, you have your own stories from before I knew much about this team, but even last year, the loss to Northern Iowa, which is a, a better program than Northern Colorado or Omaha, but that is still a really ugly loss and we didn't see a flop like that which is what you want to see
3: yeah you want to see that you want to see you know guys getting offensive confidence we were joking during the game like man i wish the football team had these (laughs) just like confidence builder type of games like where you just go out there and and let it fly and um for a guy like McKinley Wright, who again probably didn't need any confidence boosts, uh, but it was a, a, an ego check against Tennessee. He was rendered uh, very useless in that game. Like mm-hmm. the Buffs had to look and, and figure out other ways to score. Then you get to these games, and you just say, like, okay, if you give McKinley Wright, he doesn't McKinley Wright, he doesn't even have to have a guy that's smaller than him. Just a fair matchup. He can, you know, he can take care of business.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you just look at their schedule, it's just set up perfect for them um you have these wins these easy wins that you get into then you play against the team in Tennessee which just popped up out of nowhere and that was like really just to gauge what type of team you have and then looking at that Tennessee game you've seen how teams are going to face McKinley Wright and every team is not going to be able to defend the same way that Tennessee did and then you come back with two games where you're like okay well let's get it right and you have McKinley Wright that's like okay I got to get others involved or this is how I have to get everybody else's morale and boost up because other teams are going to face me a different way. So going to Tennessee and then coming back with Northern Colorado and Omaha, now you get right with uh, Washington when they play them. It, 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 it'll it start to ease and, and make it a lot easier for the team. And then it gives a, a very good coach an opportunity to just gauge of, hey, this is where my team is at. So I think that it was perfect.
2: Yeah, there were two guys that needed this week desperately. It was Deshaun Schwartz and Evan Batty. Starting with Schwartz, you know, for his first game back after COVID to be against Tennessee. That is one of the toughest times you can come back because Tennessee defense teams They're they're a top-five defensive team in the nation in my eyes. So that was just a tough team. They're so much bigger and stronger than you that it's it's really tough for you to get in a rhythm. For him to go out there, hit a couple threes this week. He had one uh, two nights ago against Northern Colorado. Two more tonight. And also, him being a little bit more aggressive on the ball tonight, driving towards the rim. Yes, this is a smaller team. Yes, this is a team that's not as good as you. But just getting some more confidence back in your ability to drive and finish inside is important. And then a touch on Evan Batty as well. We talked at length about how Evan Batty was really struggling. He didn't look to be confident, you know, any of these different things you could talk about. Maybe it was the return to Boulder. Without fans or with fans, Evan Batty just plays differently in the keg. You know, he didn't quite break uh, 10 points. He had nine points tonight, also eight rebounds. He had 14 two nights ago, um, and he just looked cleaner. He looks more confident out there, and those are two guys that really needed to step up for this team to become whole and to find their identity because – the back end of this roster is so young to get your veteran guys to really help you be those scorers um, it is really important because coming into this year, we talked about McKinley Wright, Deshaun Schwartz, and Evan Batty as your three main pillars of offense. So it looks like those are really coming together with lots of pleasant surprises like Dallas Walton, but we'll get into all those two a little bit later.
3: Yeah, I think that Deshaun still is the X factor for this team, right? For years now, we've been saying, if it, if it ever clicks for Deshaun, uh, because he's he's that type of guy. You know, he's a, a guy where uh, when you go up against Tennessee, and I realize it was unfair for him for that to be his first game back from COVID. But when you go up against Tennessee, you look to a Deshaun Schwartz and you say, like, that's a guy who's big enough and long enough to go with these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's kind of the guy that can give you a mismatch in a lot of games where teams don't have uh, bigger scoring wings like that. Um so for him, you know, 4 of 8, 11 points. It's a nice starting point. And again, it's why you love these games where you can just have a little bit a little bit of a get right moment. You don't have to be as uh, shy on the trigger. You can shoot, you can drive. He looked good in this game. Um, you hope he can translate that when, when they go up against Washington.
2: You might say that the team felt it was okay to let it go, the ball.
3: Oh,
0: my
2: just let it, okay. let it fly. I'm surprised you didn't there use that one, Ryan. <laughs> Love it.
3: I was just teeing you
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think when with Evan Batty, he has struggled. and And even tonight, the touch around the rim wasn't perfect you know when he's gotten the ball in the post like you, you look at his feet and you like what you see but the ball just hasn't been going through the hoop you know he he looks confident in his three-point shot and I'm happy to see that he is confident in his three-point shot he still hasn't got one to fall this season keep shooting it exactly like he got to keep shooting it, but at some point you got to see things fall into place for him. And he looked better tonight. You know, for the for the second game this season, he shot 50% or better from the field, with the last one being against Northern Colorado a couple days ago. It's coming along. And I didn't expect to have this much of, like, a curve for Evan Batty coming back into this season. But it's where we are, and I am seeing growth, and that's what matters.
1: Yeah, but even if you take a look at uh, how, how bad he played um, against Omaha tonight, he, he went four of eight, and he misses three three-pointers. Yeah. So if you take four that or away. Five. Yeah, four mm-hmm. of five, and you're inside, and you're dominating, and you're trying to get that confidence back and things of that nature, then it's okay um, to miss a few shots. Also, you don't want them to take those shots against Tennessee or against a school like when you're close together. So I say in, in a 40-point blowout, 50-point blowout, that's when you should take those shots. Um, and see how, how you really are feeling. It was great to see him be a little bit more aggressive and, and to get back into his own. So those are those are great opportunities for him. And as much as it was a, a big game for a baddie, I think it was a, a game that Dallas Walton needed to get back into too because mm-hmm. the size is what really has been the difference in these, these, these games. And now they're going to be playing against teams that are as big as them, as physical as them. So how are you going to go inside and try to do an inside-out type of approach Dallas Walton and Evan Batty, those are your big guys. That's who you have to get uh, going.
3: And Dallas, I think, is one of my biggest takeaways of the season so far. Um, I said it, I think, uh, during game one. It looked like he got some athleticism back. He's obviously – the knees have just been torn up over and over again. Uh, and that's going to hurt your athleticism a lot. But now, not only did he have last year where he comes back and he's healthy, then a full off season of being healthy. It feels like he's got some of his explosion back, some of his athleticism back. Uh, and – He's one of the best players on this team now. Uh, I think he's going to play a really important role for this team in the Pac-12 schedule. He's finishing like strong, not just like str- like he's throwing the ball down. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the fact that he's stepping out and making those threes it that goes on tape. Yep. And for me, you know, I, I talk about this with Jokic a lot. I want him shooting that shot early in the game so it's just in the in the minds of the defense. I don't even care if he makes it. Uh, I want him just stepping back there and shooting that. So the defense has to think about, okay, we gotta, we have to account for him on the perimeter. We can't, let, we can't leave him out there. It softens up things in the middle. Uh, I'm really proud of Dallas because he's been through so much. Uh, and he just every single time puts his head down, works harder, works harder, works harder. And, and it looks like this season it's, real, it's all really coming together and it's all going to pay off for him
0: yeah he's taken massive steps. The athleticism, whether that's just like recovery time or because he took the knee brace off, I'm not really sure, but it's on another level, and it is very good to see and he actually hasn't shot under sixty six percent from the field in a game this season. Uh, after going two of two from three tonight, he's three of five on the season. yep that's an offensive threat. That's something yep. that other teams need to take note of. Plus, he's doing stuff defensively too. I think that Dallas Walton has grown into like you said being one of the best players on this team and after last year being a guy who was totally matchup dependent you know if you're going out to usc and playing the long guys they have out there then yeah you're playing a lot of dallas walton there were games he didn't get on the floor but now he is a bona fide starter in, in for this team and uh it's good to see
2: yeah I think his biggest attribute you know for a seven footer, it's interesting because he's not this team's leading rebounder You've got guys like Evan Batty, Jariah Horn, and Jabari Walker who are really pulling in a lot of rebounds for Dallas Walton though it's just that rim protection yeah. it is the the physical presence that he has in the low post that is going to scare. People from driving in, particularly guards, because he had three blocks two nights ago. He picked up another block tonight. Just having that around the rim is so intimidating for a team to go out there and see a seven-footer. For a guard, you're not going to want to drive into that. That's a whole lot of traffic. And again, I love what you talked about on the three-point shot. You're going to make defenses commit they're gonna you know you're not just gonna let you leave a center out there you know you look at some big time centers in the nba you know i I don't know maybe andre drummond a huge physical specimen but he doesn't have a jump shot threat so he's gonna be wide open at the top of the key and if he shoots it and makes it the defense is just gonna you know chop it up say okay good shot man you know but with walton you're gonna really open up the down low and he's a he's an efficient passer because defenders are gonna have to come up and play him i mean this team has just showed through five games, that they have a lot of different ways to attack you. And, and, and that's just really important moving forward.
3: And, again, if you can get Dallas pulling their big out of the paint, well, then you can go down to McKinley Wright, who wanted to show it tonight for sure that he's full of post moves. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you want to get the rim protector out of there so, so McKinley can go to work. Um, you know, again, we talked about that offensive identity against Tennessee or lack thereof slowly but surely uh starting to come together and I think the rotation is slowly but surely starting to come together too.
0: Yeah, I think it is. And uh we're going to dig into that rotation here in a second. Uh but first, want to give a shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they make so many great beers. I was just telling these guys, uh I had a strawberry sky last night. Like my roommate was like, "Hey, maybe this is a night where we just need to like crack a beer and sit and watch the sports." with a beer crack and i was like wow we used to do this all the time and, and i had a strawberry sky and it was just so so good and i, so I hadn't good. been drinking a lot of beer recently like basically i uh, honestly for the last like month or two i've only drank on the tailgate because it really does ruin <laughs> alcohol for me for the week um but, but 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 it was nice just to like sit there and we're watching football or whatever was on i can't remember what we were watching but the it was just it's just a good time strawberry sky there's so many good beers like i said the uh, broncos country hoppy pale ale that's a great one make sure you're drinking some of that uh the the christmas ale is very good um so check all those out and also check out the farmhouse um down in littleton they have like outdoor seating and so they're allowed to keep serving people down there so if you're looking for something to do that's a great option um if you have a family it's an even better option because they have a an ice skating rink set up outside it's three dollars if you bring your own skates and six dollars if you uh need to rent skates so what a way to spend an afternoon i guess um
3: and you oh, have your own skates right
0: of course i have my own skates <laughs> <laughs>
3: what, what kind of
0: question is that
3: yeah, I just, you know you, i figured you live it, you're from montana yeah frozen ponds oh yeah
0: this
3: is a this oh, classic yeah. weekend
0: yeah just walk right across the street golf course right there pond we used to shovel that thing off set a goal up play a little hockey Incredible. that's not
3: safe
1: is this a true story yeah yeah no that's <laughs> that's, that's real that's real <laughs>
0: haven't
2: you seen every movie ever where they're on ice in a hole you know and you fall in the hole i I try not to watch scary
0: movies (laughs) 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 it
2: it, it just just doesn't like hank have you ever
3: been ice fishing
0: i have (laughs) i have wow not for forever though so here's in montana like you go on your field trips uh, they're all like up into the park or fishing and i think it's like fourth grade there's an uh, like a real fishing and an ice fishing one uh we went what? ice fishing it was like all right i ended up going again with my grandpa and his brother i caught a fish worst experience of my life <laughs> like like they like put it in a bag and just like brought it back to the house and it's like what what are we doing here wound up actually putting it in the pond on the golf course have have you heard this story Ryan? No. i'm pretty sure when you were in montana my mom told you this story maybe my mom told somebody this. but the, the, a the point stories. is i Great have gone challenge. ice fishing not a fan of touching fish or <laughs> killing fish or killing in general. But uh, also <laughs> also like ice skates, I do have those.
3: Henry Chesney, anti, <laughs> <laughs> anti-killing. Yeah.
0: Famously. Um, MSU Denver Online, they're good people, probably also anti-killing. Um, they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And some of our very own staff members here at DNVR have taken MSU Denver online classes. Um, they say that the professors are incredible. They're extremely engaged and responsive and they care about you and try to give you information that will help you move into the career field that you're trying to get into because they actually work in that field. Um, if you guys want more information, you can go to msudenver.com online to check out their 40-plus online and hybrid classes that can get you a degree or course. No, programs. That's the word. They'll get you a degree. Uh, they have like 700 courses. that are online, too. So I think cool. they might
3: even have a ice fishing course.
0: Well, I sure hope not. Well, I guess I don't mind. I, some people are into that. That's fine. Just not, not you, me. though. You're anti-killing. Not touching the fish. <laughs> Not touching the fish, not killing it. We, like, basketball. Um, we are... What did we decide to call this? The pos- It's not helmet stickers because basketball players stickers don't wear helmets. No, it's stocks, no, no, up, no, no, no. stocks down.
3: Stocks. We're doing stocks. Uh, as, re- as it relates to the rotation moving forward because obviously, you know, tonight you play... How many guys do they play? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten guys play tonight. You're not going to see that on a night-in-night-out basis.
0: True. Um, well, let's start at the top. McKinley Wright, stock up, Stock down.
3: We don't have to go through McKinley, right? <laughs> can we?
0: Real quick, though. Can we
2: actually? Because through two games, he's missed just four shots. He's averaging almost 25 and 7, I think, with rebounds. And, I mean, for a six-foot guard, his stock is still rising, believe it or not. And I just want to throw it out there. I, I, I want to add that because I hope Buffs fans recognize what we're seeing, which is one of the best college point guards in the conference Maybe one of the best point guards yeah. that have come through Colorado. So just embrace that on a night-in, night-out basis. He could have gone out there and dropped 40 tonight if he wanted to. That was, he's going to distribute the ball. He's that just was, incredible.
0: Oh, that was going to be just, my question. Sorry, I was just yeah.
2: going to interrupt you I that know. second. Yeah, okay, cool.
0: But, the, but that was my question. Was If McKinley Wright was just out there trying to get as many points as he could tonight, how many points does McKinley Wright score?
1: i say about 45. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I say the same thing against Colorado, uh, Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think that he's out there and he's, like, really being thoughtful about how I could get everyone involved, how I could get my assist up and, and make sure that we all are have our confidence up. Because if McKinley Wright wants to score every single possession, he can score every single possession. And we've seen that, especially tonight. He had a, a, another small guard on him, and he cho- he treated him like a small guard. He, he felt like he was a little boy guarding him, and mm-hmm. he went to the post. Mm-hmm. And they ran a lot of plays for him in the post. That's what was a little bit different was they would actually do sets where McKinley would start on the post, get his guy, and then it's an isolation isolation where it's a one-on-one, and he scored every single time and won baskets, just straight baskets. Sometimes he would just pass it even down from there. Um, McKinley's stock is up, and it's just going to continue to rise.
0: That little turnaround he has in the post is just beautiful.
1: It's like a little dream shake.
3: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what can you say about McKinley? Um, uh, he's he's a coach's dream. He's a fan's dream. I mean, he's he's just a hooper. Like when I watched these last two games, we talked last uh, whatever last post game show we were talking about us going up against these guys at the wreck <laughs> because you know we all have our stories of playing you know some of these legit hoopers at the wreck, and like that's kind of what McKinley looked like to me. In these last couple games. It's just like this is what he would do if he went to the wreck. Like he's if he wants a bucket, he's gonna get it. If he wants to set up a teammate, he's gonna get that too. If he wants to lock you down on the other end, he's gonna do that. it just it was effortless for him these last two games.
0: He didn't turn the ball over tonight. <laughs> exactly. Like just just one more thing to throw out there. He's just so good. Yeah. yeah. And his three point shot has has come along a lot this season. Obviously only
3: one of two tonight. But you know Wait, he- real quick. Who's the best uh like player you've ever gone up against on the court, mm.
1: Avery Bradley, probably. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> oh my
3: God, how'd that go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the funny thing is, against us, he did not have a good game. And then right after, so he had a, he had a player named Abdul Gaddy on his team, and he I really had that. a he was a Pac-12 player. Yeah, he went it? to Washington. Yeah. He really like did well, but um, the game they beat us by like four or something like that. Somehow we we hung around. We shouldn't have. Um, the game after that for the championship, he went for, like, 45. <laughs> he just was like, I'm never going to have another bad game like that. Um, and we see him as a defender in the NBA. But, again, like you said, the rec guys, when they play against players that they're not so – they're like, whatever. It is – like, they're, they're calm. But when they need to turn on and they need to score and stuff like that, I'm sure that his coach got onto him. He, he went for 45, and it was very, very easy.
3: Yeah, Dev, uh, much, much better basketball player than any of us. <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Dev, are you aware that – I lost yeah.
0: his
2: shoulder beard. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Deb, are you aware that Henry infamously lost to shoulder
3: beard at there's, the Montana Rec Center? <laughs> there's a guy at the Rec Center who apparently had a, a long uh, yeah, just like bunch right, of hair coming off of his shoulder. It was like a birthmark,
0: but somehow hair grew from it. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, we always got paired and off and eventually, Henry, so, yeah, um, and no, then I wasn't allowed back.
1: No, no one else wanted to guard him?
0: No, because he was always skins and no, yeah, he I, was skins every single time, every I'm single time. I'm not
1: shirts and skins with him. You no, have shirts, no exactly. exactly. Those skins. Uh, uh, that's how it's. I work. know you're not on my team, even if you're not a shirt.
0: It's just an uncomfortable conversation to say, like, dude, like, look at yourself. I mean, I know, like, when you look right. in a mirror, it's in the. But uh, yeah, but okay. Um, <laughs> stock up or down, Dallas Walton? Up, up. Yeah, he's he's just.
2: He we he's just, just had a
3: Dallas Walton conversation. Yeah, we yeah.
2: Did. He's just doing everything he needs to and more. I think every night he's going out there and improving as well. So I I still don't think we've seen his ceiling as far as offensively or defensively.
1: Um, his stock is definitely up. I see yep. him uh, Dallas um, his senior year um, for Avetta West. He was with the the Nef, the younger Neff brother. Um, he's come an extreme long way. Even that's with with surgeries and and having to come back and things like that. Like he's committed to the weight room he's way more skilled his motor is way up like that that is a different player than what i've seen in high school his stock is rising yep he's playing awesome
0: um evan batty up or down up tonight i think if we're talking like this week it's up
1: yeah i I say up um and thing about evan is you need a player like that that's just so big that players have to think twice about going after him or also how are we going to defend him? When he gets a rebound, he starts swinging his elbows. It's like, let's clear the lane. Like, let's get out of his way And And you need that type of physicality, especially when you're going to start playing these better teams. You need Evan Batty to be aggressive. Um, so his stock has to be up in, in hopes that his confidence starts to rise with it.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's up in regards to this season. I, I still think if you compare it to what he was capable of and what we've seen from him throughout his career i still think you're left wanting more but again you know it was a rocky start to the season and this is definitely positive steps forward for him i completely agree i mean he just brings a different element as far as rebounding because he's 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 not necessarily like tall as in a 7 footer you know he's 6 foot 8 but he's just so big with his base and he's able to push people around like that forces people to commit and really just gives you another dynamic piece down there
3: i wish i could remember a couple of these guys names but they're you know a few years back when cu was kind of doing their rise in the basketball world they one time they came up against wyoming and they just they always struggled with wyoming but i remember one time they went to wyoming wyoming had this dude who was just like a grown-ass man he had a big old beard he was ripped And he just pushed them around. Like, all night long, just pushed them around. Uh, And the Buffs lost. I think they scored, like, 32 points at Wyoming. It was one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. Um, And then there was another dude on Oregon. Same thing. Big old beard. Ripped. And he just just bullied the, the Buffs when they came there. Like, having a guy like Evan Batty, you are the bullies now. And especially against Northern Colorado, like he went in there and just bullied dudes. Yep. Their, their guy tonight was kind of similar to Evan and having like a low center, lower center of gravity and could kind of, you know, bang with him down there. So Evan wasn't quite as comfortable. But you got to have, like you said, you got to have that guy. And when you don't, especially, you know, in a power five conference, there other teams will have that guy and they're going to push your guys around.
0: Yeah. Um, Eli Parquet, stock up, stock down.
3: On the season, Eli Parquet's stock is, like, through the roof. Seriously, yeah. He is, again, you know, I've, I've, for a couple of years now, we've just said, like, that's a Tad Boyle player. And, like, he just does everything Tad loves. He wants to rebound. He wants to play defense. He wants to lock down. And he's just quietly, like, one of the more important players on this team. He doesn't have to do anything special to just make, be part of what makes the engine go.
1: He's also just like an aerial attack, a threat that they go through. Um, Late in this game, there was plays that the the other team you could tell that Omaha had studied their offense because they would just try to stop him once they knew that he was rim running, Um, and it would would open up the rest of the game. Um, Just having a player that you could just throw it up to or having a player that you could just get out in the open court and he could just be creative. It, it, it makes it a lot easier for McKinley, right? It makes it a lot easier for those bigs as far as spacing and things of that nature. And he's a player that you could just put him to any position. He could play one through three. Um, and, he's, and he's committed on the defensive end. Um, you guys asked me who, who I have played against. That was really good. Eli is a player that I played with this summer, and, and he's also getting better. Um, it's a player that just is so committed to, to right now, and you can see it starting to grow.
2: And the other thing with Eli that's that's important is he knows his role on this team. He's not going to be a guy that goes out there and you know goes one for eight from the floor because he's just shooting whenever uh, because he's got a green light. You know, tonight two for three from the field. He's been three for five in every other game he's played in this year, and that's such a sweet spot for him. Shoot the ball three to five times, hit two to three of your shots. You know, you're going to be out there for your defensive ability. So for him to be able to complement that with having a much improved jump shot, with being able to, to make good decisions on the offensive end, you're not a liability. He's not a guy that's ever going to be the reason why you lose a game. And that's super important because this team already has so many superstars. You've got guys who can score at will. So Eli Parquet can just play off of them so well. And he's wide open in the corner for a three when you've got guys driving to the ball. I mean, he's going to be kind of this, this kind of forgotten piece at times on the offense when you think about who you need to worry about on this team. But he's going to be there. And so his role just continues to grow. And again, I, I completely agree with you, Ryan. This season,
0: his stock is just through the roof. Five of nine from three, too, after tonight. That's like, massive. That is what yep. you want. He is now three, three D. and D. Yep. If you A have. Dream. Exactly. <laughs> That's what every team wants, but they just can't seem to find. Um, I agree also. The stock is up this week. I mean, is it up or down? It, I mean, there wasn't much change, really. I guess he kept up what he was doing. I'll say stock. Still rising. It's easier to believe it. Um, let's go one more starter
3: here. Deshaun Schwartz. Stock up or down this week? I'd say up. I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't go anywhere but up from where it was in the Tennessee game or before the Tennessee game when he wasn't even playing. Um, it's still a question mark uh, mm-hmm. with Deshaun. <laughs> you know, if we're talking buy the stock or sell the stock, I I, I can't be like super confident in saying you should buy the stock. Um, I can be confident in saying that, you know, if you want to buy buff stock, you need to hope that Deshaun's short stock is going up. Because I just don't Mm -hmm. think they have enough offensive firepower without him being, you know, a guy who makes shots for you and gets to the lane for you and finishes at the rim for you to be, you know, to accomplish their goals. Um, So I'm overall neutral on his stock we talked, you know, especially when you talk about what you were hoping for coming into the season, you thought you were hoping this would be the breakout season. for Sean Schwartz, obviously it's really unfortunate the way it started for him. Um, and he had no control over that, or, you know, for the most part, didn't have control over that. And so that's unfortunate. But right now, this week, his stock went up. It's just, it's not where you wanted it to be.
1: I'll say his stock is up just for the fact that he's playing. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's great to see him out there and healthy and and getting him back to himself. Um, I mean, he's coming off of having COVID. We, we know not a lot about it. It's a lot of uncertainty around it. So um, it's great to see him playing tonight. He had 11 points. Um, Three-point shot was uh, was going. Um, in the first half, he had a very quick start. Um, and then it seemed like they tried to ease him back into it. So we, we don't know how much he could have actually had tonight if they just let him go out there and go. Um, so it was great to see him get his legs back under him. Um, get to his spots and like you guys all said uh Schwartz is the most important player on the team Um not the most valuable player but, but he's the x factor of the team if he does well Colorado does well just because he's a player that that they're comfortable with um you could tell everyone that likes playing with him uh, he knows his role and also he's he's also like a li- a live wire you just don't know what you're going to get with him
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, I put him in the same boat as Evan Batty right now as far as stock is up from what it was at the beginning of the season. He and Batty, obviously, different reasons for why they're in that position, but it it's a great sign. He's showing great signs of moving forward, but you still have a little bit left there of wanting. Last season, about 37% from three. He has got to be right around that mark again this year, but more consistently because Deshaun Schwartz last season started off hot from three really cooled off in a conference play. So if he can maintain about a 37 to 40% clip from deep throughout the season, that's going to be huge. Um, And also again, tonight showing his ability to be a slasher and and drive into the paint. He wasn't as effective as the game went on. It looked like he he was missing more and more shots as it went on, finished the night four of eight, still a lot of positive signs of growth for him. And the good news is you still do have a couple more non-conference games for him to get, back up into full game conditioning because, you know, we don't know how lo- how how this impacted Schwartz because obviously this virus impacts people so differently. So for him to already drop 11 points and go two for two from three and just his third game back,
0: I, I think that's a, a tremendous mark. Yeah, I'll say stock up as well. Um, let's move along to Jabari Walker. Um, I'll start here. I, I think the stock is definitely up. You know, you you can look at what McKinley does against teams like Omaha and Northern Colorado, you know, going out there and just being dominant, being somebody who very obviously belongs on a different court, with a guy like Jabari Walker, you know, he's looked good all season. Like he's looked good, and he's looked like he's belonged in pretty much every game. But to see him go up against a team like Omaha and see him put up 15 points and you know grab nine rebounds, that gets me excited because because I want to see what a guy like him a guy like jabari walker is able to do against these types of opponents and, and i was impressed
3: <coughs> yeah i mean you ha- has to be up after a game like that <laughs> Yeah, um, i will say i got a little too high on jabari walker stock after game one um because he just looked so awesome for, mm-hmm. for his first game uh, and then you know he has been a freshman since then which is like yeah. I'm not going to knock his stock because he's had a couple freshman like games. He goes out there tonight and just looks like a division one basketball player, which is like, you want to see those flashes from him. Um, he definitely has the length that you're going to need to play ba- uh to play in the pac 12. Um, he definitely needs to get stronger. Um, you hope he gets a little more athletic in the same way that Dallas did just by being, you know, being able to go through the weight program and whatnot. Uh, but the stocks up i mean it certainly looks like a a, a hit for tad to
1: boil on jabari walker if anybody is selling jabari stock give it to me i'll take all of the stock that i can um tonight he goes out there and he gets near a double double in 16 minutes um jabari is just like a dog on the leash for me like you could just tell that they just are ready to just let him out um and that's why he's like you said he needs to get stronger um He's still a freshman. He still has so many things that he has to learn. Um, In two years, I think that he's going to be the best player for Colorado. Like, I could go out and – that's my opinion. Um, I think that there's going to be nights that he's just going to really explode. Right now he's a freshman. He'll have nights that he's not doing so well. Um, But with the minutes and just being more familiar with the offense and and, and things of that nature, I think that it'll grow. Give me all of his stock.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he is – and, and obviously McKinley Wright's excluded from this statement, but his value per minute on the floor, I think is as high as anybody on this team upset McKinley Wright. What he's doing in the limited sample size is so impressive. He is the lead. I, I'm, I believe he's the team's leading rebounder in total rebounds at this point and putting up 15 points. And also he's showing that he can hit shots from the outside. I love what he brings to the table. this season in particular because i think he can really add a dynamic to your lineup depending on what you need to play because he's six foot eight but has the athleticism and the jump shot you could reasonably run him at the three and maybe you run deshaun schwartz at the two you're always going to want to have mckinley right at the point but if you need to run a big lineup he can play the three and actually be able to kind of maintain that spot so he does so much and he is just a beast on the glass Six for seven from the free throw line today too is is a really big number because he's a guy that's gonna get to the line a lot because of the way he plays. So showing he can hit at an efficient clip there is is huge. I I'm just so excited to see what's gonna happen with him moving forward because yeah, right now he's averaging only, you know, between twelve, thirteen minutes per game. What happens when he's like McKinley Wright and he's playing twenty five or thirty? And whether or not that happens this season or next season is is still up up for debate because this team is so deep, but I mean this kid is exciting. Tad Boyle, another home run.
3: Just in the interest of correctness, he's fourth on the team in rebounding. Is he? Uh, Jiraiya, six and a half rebounds per game. Um, McKinley, five. Evan, four and a half. And Jabari, 3.8 rebounds per game. That might not, to be fair, that might not include tonight. I don't know if... Uh, well, if-
2: I would say he's the leading rebounder per minute then. Because all those guys <laughs> are probably over nice. 24. And the quick math in my head, would, would that would make sense, right? Cool, yes. cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Your quick math. Yeah. All
0: <laughs> we uh we have three more of these I want to get through. Um, but before we do that, want to remind everybody if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe and uh, turn on notifications. Do all those sorts of things. Uh, they really do help us. Uh, and also, uh, after we get through these stock reports, we're gonna jump into some questions. So if you guys have any questions, throw them in the chat. Whether you're watching on YouTube or Periscope or wherever. Throw them in, and we'll get to those in just a minute. Okay, Uh Jiraiya Horn, what do we think? Way up,
3: um, still. I'm, I mean, he's shooting fifty-seven percent from three.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been incredible. He's but been, this week is he? Yeah, no, even uh, higher.
3: He uh, he's uh, he's exactly what you wanted, and more, uh, because of his consistency. I think so far he's been extremely consistent. He's been a veteran leader on this team. He's crashing the boards. He's knocking down threes. He's finding Evan Batty with like a nice dish in the post tonight. Um, he, I, I, don't know if it's a stretch to say like I don't, I don't know where this team would be
1: going without him.
3: I'm really confident where they're going with him. I don't. I would feel less excited without him.
1: Drai um, is a sharpshooter. He's just a really mm-hmm. a sharpshooter. And and how often do you have a, a guy who's your best shooter that's also one of your best rebounders? Like it's never like that. There's three and D guys. But they, that doesn't even sound good. Three and rebound. Like what? Are, three where and rebound. Go. But he's three he's, and Reeb. He's committed. Yeah. Three and Reeb. <laughs> he's committed on, on both ends of the floor, and he's actually crashing. Um, and that's coming from the, the three point uh, spot. And he's also making sure that he's assertive. Um, he gets to the rim. He's everywhere on the court. And like you said, he's very important to their offense. Um, like like you said earlier. Sorry. Um. They went through an identity crisis like on offense. They just did, they could not find anything. And it, it come from not, come, comes from not making shots. And then you have a player um, that comes in that is starting to find his shot and starting to get everything going. It, it opens up everything else. So um, when you have your, your best rebounder also being your best shooter, you, you start to, to open up different things. And it makes you a, a way different type of team.
2: I'm okay if he shoots more. You know, mm-hmm. there were times tonight where he would pump on the, on the three defenders going to fly by because obviously his shooting percentage is going to jump off the scouting report and you know he dribbles in can dish out. And that's great. He's a playmaker. He's a veteran leader, but I'm still okay. If he takes, it takes a couple more shots because right now he's given me no reason to believe he's not going to hit at least 50%. Mm-hmm. He just, he's crisp. You know, he, he doesn't make mistakes like, like you would expect, you know, a forward who's, who's kind of handling the ball a lot, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if he had some more turnovers and there's some more mental errors. But really, he's just come in, been a nice veteran presence. And, and the thing with him coming off the bench, too, is that just gives a huge lift to your second unit to have an older guy to look to on the court. When you're Keyshawn Bartholomew dribbling down when McKinley writes off, off the court taking a breather, look up you've got Jariah Horn if you're in doubt you know you can dish it to him and he'll still be able to either create a shot or create an opportunity for another player his value as that kind of sixth or seventh man off the bench is is really
0: important yeah and I like that you said the veteran presence is what stands out because that's really what it is to me doesn't make mistakes he does what you need him to do and it, it almost feels like he just kind of rises with the team in a way you know if if everybody's playing well then he's going to sit at the three-point line and he's going to get wide open if they need him to do a little bit more he can do a little bit more and, and i have been really impressed and we've been impressed since we first as media were able to talk to the team this year and all of the freshmen were saying you know who's been really helpful is dry horn because he arrived on campus the same time all the freshmen did and they were basically the only ones there and so they were all working together. And, and I do think that he has provided a, a lot to this team on a lot of different levels. And the stock is definitely up, as can it has re- been with every player we've spoken about. I was gonna to say, this can point. I
3: make a request? What? Don't, don't make us finish on Maddox Daniels.
0: <laughs> well, let's get to Maddox Daniels right now. Uh, one of eight tonight. One of five from three. He's, uh, he's struggled. Um, he's, he's really struggled this year. Um. Brian, if you want to take it from there, <laughs> go ahead.
3: <laughs> His stock is down. His stock is down, and it was already down, and it just keeps going lower. Um, it sucks because you know you bring in a JUCO guy who's a sharpshooter, uh, and you you have a you envision a role for him, right? You know you've got a nice drive and dish point guard who can get open <laughs> shots for guys like Maddox Daniels, and it sometimes <coughs> just, it just sometimes happens where like these guys get to the Division One level and don't make those shots anymore. Uh, and it's unfortunate because without Maddox Daniels making open jump shots, he's not doing much, if anything, for you. Um, so, you know, we're talking about getting down to an eight-man rotation here eventually. I think that he's going to be in it uh, because Tad Boyle seems to really like him for some reason. But, man, he hasn't done much, if at all, this if anything, this season to
1: earn that spot. I mean, you would be naive to say that his stock is up uh it's it's definitely uh going down um and like you said, he already came in um and you should come in with a chip on your shoulder, but now you're a shooter that's not making shots. What else are you bringing to me? He's not passing the ball um he's he's you know he's just shooting just shooting every single time um and and on the year he's he's sub three hundred i mean thirty mm-hmm. percent from three, but he still keeps shooting. so now you have to try to find ways and and that's on also on Boyle to try to find ways to get him going. Uh, maybe that's getting him going closer. Maybe that's getting him some post-ups. Maybe that's getting him out on the break and trying to get himself going. When when a shooter is going through a slump, how do we get him out of that slump, um, especially if he's going to be in your rotation? He hasn't been making shots, and, and all you see is him keep shooting. So now, of course, his, his stock is going to get down. So his stock is not going to go up until we try to find different ways to make him score or try to get involved in any other way and maybe that's just becoming a defensive player um we haven't seen much of that either
2: it's tough yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i i catch a lot of lip for saying maddox daniels is a good shooter catch some lip i I, well i can't say what i actually catch you know so it's you you can say shit on this show oh i can yeah i get a lot of shit for the viewers (laughs) out there uh from these people over here for saying that Maddox Daniels is a good shooter, and and here's why I, I say that because from my pure mechanic standpoint, he's got a clean jump shot. From a anything else, yeah, there there is something wrong because the ball's not going through the net. The reason why I, I still have a little bit of faith, honestly, is because I don't think he'd have the green light that he does if he's not hitting this in practice. So I think there's something to be said for, you know, maybe in practice he's hitting at a good clip, and they're like, okay, you know, go out there, because maybe it's just the game jitters or whatnot, because Tad Boyle, I have a hard time imagining he's going to be playing Maddox Daniels this much if he doesn't believe in his offensive efficiency. Yeah, his numbers are way down, and it's a huge concern. If we're getting down to an eight-man rotation, he should be the one man out, because your three off the bench should be Keyshawn, Jariah, and Jabari. But still, I I think there's some promise from what we've seen from him in the past. But at this point in time, the stock is kind of at rock bottom because it's just continued to go down and down. Now, granted, he's finding kind of a new bottom every week. You just kind of hope over the next two games against Washington and against Grand Canyon, he has just a decent shooting height. Take some step forward. That way you can see that progress and you can have faith in him still being on the court.
3: Dev, I'm sure you know this from experience, and I know it from watching – hundreds of buffs practices there's always those guys who get buckets in practice and it just never translates practice all americans (laughs) yeah i mean i you know there's a guy dustin thomas up in boulder who his tape from high school was awesome he shot i think over 40 percent from three in high school and in practice he knocked them down one after another and he was like a, a like a lengthy wing that you know would just shoot the hell out of it in practice and he must have shot sub twenty percent in games at CU, and and for some reason, some guys it just doesn't translate. For I'm with you, I'll, you know I'll give him a couple more games to see <laughs> if he can get it going. I don't think Tad Boyle is going to completely abandon him. There seems to be you know something about him that he trusts, um, but yeah, it's it's tough. It's hard to watch a guy who obviously believes in himself as a shooter go out there like tonight and shoot one of eight against a team like this. It's just it's not there for him.
0: Yeah, and uh you know the the three-point percentage has dropped from like I think it was 38% last year to 28% this year. When you look through the shooting last year, it really did tail off at the end for him. Um you know, the, the I can't find many games where he shot multiple times. Like it was the beginning of the season where he did most of the work. And I guess what my question is before we move on, does anybody here have like faith that Maddox Daniels is going to get back closer to this 38% number because you see it with college basketball players. You know, they shoot poorly to start or they get hot to start and then cool off late. You know, there's still plenty of time left in the season.
1: I think that it rises. Uh, if you take a look at his numbers, he's doubled his minutes almost. So maybe it go, it has to go with that. Maybe he's not playing as many minutes and he come, he's coming in and he's making some shots. Or maybe with it he's start starting to take smarter shots, or maybe they're finding ways to get him open shots. I do think it'll change at some point because, um, like you said, there's no way that his light is this green if if he's not a good shooter. Um, he came in known as a, a as a, a three point shooter. They keep on passing it to him as a three point shooter. They've seen him make shots. Um, what's so ironic about this and them playing against UNC the other day is because we've seen this with Dalen Coons. We've seen a player that was really good, but went through his spurts. And then that's when Boyle kind of abandoned him in a way. It's like, okay, I'm going to believe into you uh, so much, but you have to show me. So meet me halfway in the middle. So hopefully um, Maddox meets him halfway and he starts making those shots.
3: Yeah, I think he made a really good point. They keep passing it to him, which is even a greater uh, you know, um, endorsement than the fact that Boyle keeps putting him out there. His teammates think he can make those shots. Uh, and and hopefully, you know, he crosses a a threshold there and just starts knocking him down because you need guys like that on your team, and I think that's probably the biggest reason why Boyle keeps him throwing him out there because he knows if Maddox Daniels becomes a knockdown shooter, our team is better. Yeah. I think next week, so they've got
2: Washington on Sunday. This team's goal needs to be, let's get him some easy buckets. You know, Ryan, you talk a ton about Drew Locke as him as a shooter. Sometimes you just need to see the ball go through the hoop and you find that confidence again. For a guy who's known as a shooter to go one for eight, we're all going to you know, question his shooting ability. I think that's going to hurt him even more because he's going to realize the one tangible thing that I'm really bringing to this team is not here right now. So get him some pick and rolls where he can just get some easy layups. Maybe get him to the foul line so he can just see a couple free throws go through and work him a little bit more in the mid-range. I think <sighs> McKinley Wright does a lot to get himself open for that elbow jumper. I'd love to see them try and get Maddox Daniels an elbow jumper or two because that's a nice easy look um, and if you can get him some more confidence in that area it might be able to translate because he's just not in a rhythm right now, you know? And so again, maybe that's something where he's one of those guys that's better as a starter because he's he's fresher. Um, clearly that's not the case because he started a, a few games this year but you know, there's just got to be something that, that's disconnected in that way.
0: Yeah. Um, one more Keyshawn Bartholomew. Um, I I've been impressed by what I've seen. Uh, he he seems to feel comfortable out there. He has his freshman moments. You know, the shot isn't falling in the way that you'd like for it to fall. Um, but for the most part, the assist to turnover ratio is in a good place. And I think for a guard, that's where you have to start, especially one who plays like he does. Um, and uh, it's really hard to say stock up or stock down. Right now,
3: and that was going to be my answer. Stock kind of neutral. Um, I guess it's kind of working against him that Tad Boyle was selling that stock at a very high price before (laughs) the season started. True. Uh, and Tad was really, really excited about Keyshawn, uh, and he was not afraid to show that. Uh, and I think it's just because the shot isn't going down. Um, that's the only thing that's like not coming together for him right now. Um, and you know you talk about good form. I like his shooting form, so I'm not I'm not concerned about him as a shooter. I think that's the one thing though. It's like if his shot starts falling, everyone's going to start saying, "Wow, this guy's playing amazing," because he's. It's not. It just feels like there's something left to be desired from him, and and uh, hopefully you know he's a freshman, so hopefully he gets it going uh, soon and. And he's, you know, he's in that rotation, so uh, he'll keep on getting those opportunities.
1: While Tad was uh, rising that stock, I was selling the stock. Just because I, I wasn't a believer because of the jump shot. Um, he's not making shots as a guard. So how are you trying to get to the rim, or is, are you going to be able to do that at the next level? you seen that when he was in high school, that his shot wasn't really what it is. And then this year, he started out not shooting the ball well at all. He's at 16% on, on the year that's atrocious like that's not good at all Um, the good the thing that's that is well about him is that he is trying to find different ways to get involved he's not just out there shooting every single time he's going to go and be a playmaker he's going to go and be a good um, rebounder for his position Um, he's out there battling so at least he's doing these other things that that gets him going Um, and and I think that once the shot still um, does start falling and the confidence does come that's when he'll be able to to really stand out in the game and he'll play a lot more so while i am selling the stock i do think that things are going to turn for him soon
2: yeah i'm in that same boat i'm selling the stock but it's not because of my belief in him it's just where he's at right now i think he brings a lot of tangible benefits to this team that we've seen colorado lack in particularly in the last two years they have not had a backup to compliment mckinley wright who can run the offense and that was on display uh, you know, two years ago or three years ago when McKinley Wright had a shoulder injury. He missed just two games, I believe, and they were they were bad to watch. You know, and then he comes back and even him not at full health is still a great guard, but you just having this guy like Keyshawn Bartholomew to come off the bench and have a guy that can run the offense is super important. Something I think is also important is he's averaging just one turnover per game. So he's not costing the team in that way. He's not making poor decisions with the basketball. But yeah, shooting is, it's a problem because he's just not shooting the ball well. He's hes shown athleticism. He's shown spurts of him being able to drive to the hoop as well. Um, he had a, a putback layup tonight. So hes he's got some abilities. I just think he needs more time to put it all together. And that's why this is such a great season to, for him to become integrated in the offense because McKinley Wright is the guy. He's the workhorse. So Keyshawn Bartholomew right now, he just needs to play complement to that and so you don't need to worry about him necessarily running the show and putting up 15, 20 points a night. So while it is concerning, I'm not at all selling my faith in, in, in his future, but I do think his role is best served right now as just a playmaker. He shouldn't be a shooter. He shouldn't just be a, a shot creator or anything because that's not where he's at right now. He just needs to go out on the court, be a playmaker because he can handle the ball and he can be athletic, and that's enough to get you minutes, and he's also shown that he's, he's made some strides on defense.
3: He shoots the ball like he thinks he's a good shooter, and that's a good sign for me, uh, because I'm not seeing practices the way I used to with some of these guys, and so I don't know I don't know how he shoots the ball in practice, but the fact that he's con- he's shooting the ball confidently is a good sign for me that it will start to go down eventually. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, just to close out the segment, I guess I- I'll buy the stock. Just because it is, it's cheap now. I think it's <laughs> right, going to be expensive I'm I'm in like, the future. You guys are uh, selling, but yeah, I, I think it might be at a pretty low point compared to what it's going to be going forward. All right, um, before we get out of here, want to give a shout out to. Uh, WGT um, because world golf tour is not only the most popular golf game in the world. It's also the official gaming partner of DMVR. It's become so popular that we've opened a fourth DMVR country club and each country club holds 250 people. So if you don't want to feel left out anymore, you can go download WGT and join the DMVR for country club by going to dmvrgolf.com. Uh, we're hosting weekly tournaments. This week is the Santa's workshop open at Kiawa Island. And, uh, Anybody can participate if you're in one of the country clubs. Uh, It'll be open Friday through Sunday. So get your round in. Come compete with us. And then uh, take a screenshot of your score. Throw it on the pinned thread at DMVR underscore sports. And uh, you'll pick a random winner to get a free shirt of your choice and a mask. Uh, It's an awesome deal. uh, So make sure that you uh, come play with us because you might get some free stuff. So um, that is... I believe uh, uh, we're good on questions. What we okay. want to do is just make sure that we're on the same page with this rotation, cutting it down to eight. That means uh, the five starters we saw tonight, uh, along with uh, Jariah Horn, Keyshawn Bartholomew, and Jabari Walker off the bench.
3: So who gets left out in that? Obviously, um, Nick Clifford. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to lose out on Maddox Daniels, who I don't think it is going to be exiting the rotation, if I'm being completely honest. Um and uh Luke O'Brien who's gotten a couple minutes clearly you know Tad doesn't quite think he's ready for, <laughs> for the big time yet so I th- I'm comfortable with that um, I do think it's going to end up being a nine man rotation yep. involving Maddox Daniels but other than that I- I'm on board
2: I think it's going to be nine for the majority of conference play but I I think Dev you brought up a great point with Dalen Coons as the season went on last year Dalen Coons went from a starter to playing. Maybe five to 10 minutes a game. And I really think that if this trajectory continues, that might be what you look at in the first round of the Pac 12 tournament. Maybe it is just an eight-round mo- rotation because as soon as you get into tournaments, you know, postseason coaches really like to tighten up that rotation and just get your best guys out there. And that might be when you start to see that switch. But I still think Maddox Daniels has at least another month, month and a half of of this because he's got Tad Boyle's trust, and, and Tad Boyle's probably going
3: to ride him until the point of no return. I want to ask you, uh, Dev, before we get out of here as well, you're pretty familiar with the games of Neat Clifford and Luke O'Brien. You know What do you think those guys need to do, and how do you feel about them moving forward?
1: First, let me say I was upset with Tad Boyle for not closing out the game with an all-Colorado guy lineup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was there was one guy that he put out there. um, what was the guy's name? Uh, Alexander Strading mm-hmm. Yep. Um, from the Netherlands. He shouldn't have been out there because he should have closed <laughs> it with a Colorado <laughs> team. He could have threw in um, Schwartz. You could have threw yep. in Walton or anything. You, you got Clifford in the game, who's going by Nick now, not Dominique. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Nick in the game. You got Luke O'Brien. You got um, Koontz, Owen Kuntz from Centaurus. You had Jessup um, from Resurrected Christian. Throw in that fifth guy. Um, but back to what you were saying uh, with with Neek. First off, I think that Neek is going to be a, a player that Colorado fans are going to love um, for years to come. I think that he's going to be perfect for that situation right now. He's just he's smaller. He's not as strong. He's a, he's a he's a freshman. He's a small freshman. He's still growing. Um, if you look at his game, he's one of the the, the best stock risers in Colorado history. I could say. Um, but I think that as, as he gets more familiar and he gets a lot, a lot stronger, he's going to be a a Colorado great. As far as O'Brien, I think that he just has to, to, to commit to defense, um, especially with Colorado. He's a player that's always been so much bigger than everyone else and so much more skilled that, you know, I don't think that he took the time, um, to play the same defense or, um, he was a player that was a guard, but he's six, eight, you know, like it, it makes it a lot more difficult when you're playing out of position for your whole life. Um, So I I think that it'll come with time as well. But I think that those are two are going to be Colorado greats, uh, both of them. Love it.
0: Yep. Uh, That's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Sunday after the Buffs take on Washington uh, to talk more Buffs hoops. From then on out, we are going every other game. So that'll mean no Grand Canyon. They'll we'll hit Arizona, and after that, it'll just be every Saturday until the end of the season. Uh, you'll be able to see DNVR Buffs post game live for these uh, Buffs games. Plus, who knows? Maybe there'll be a football game this week too. Fingers crossed. Still, maybe. still possible. Well, we could still title. possible.
2: Yeah, maybe not football this week, but you know, maybe a bowl game or something. Some mm, yeah. a DNVR live bowl
0: coverage. Yeah, Love yeah. That's all on the way. Uh, you'll get, you guys will be seeing a lot more from Dev, too. He's going to be doing some buff stuff with us. Super excited about that. And, lots of Nuggets stuff. And, of course, lots of Nuggets stuff. There's always lots of nugget stuff going on around here. I'm so excited for the Nuggets, too. Me, too. But, but now it's not the time for that. That's going to do it for today. Uh, and you can see us all again uh, on Sunday. Saturday. Sunday? Hi. Sunday.
1: Sunday. <laughs>